Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 186. Before we get started, uh, first thing I want to ask you guys, please, if you can, uh, hit that share button, hit that repost, retweet, whatever it's called button now. Um, get some more people in here. We'd love to have some more people uh, talking in the chat. We've got some some topics that we'd like to hear from you guys about uh, specifically today. And it's actually uh, the very first thing we're going to jump into here. Uh, Aaron, you, I'm sure you heard about the uh, incident that was uh, overseas in the uh, EIHL, the English Ice Hockey League. Uh, one of the players, uh, his name is Adam Johnson, or was Adam Johnson, um, played for the Nottingham Panthers. He's actually a former Pittsburgh Penguin. Um, he he passed away uh, due to a skate lacerating his, his neck. Now, I'm not sure uh, if anyone happened to uh, see the clip. It's a little... They, they cut some of it off. It's a little bit gruesome, but um, the player kind of got his body a little bit out of whack and threw his leg up in the air. And then it came crashing into uh, this um, Adam Johnson's uh, his neck. And unfortunately that um, ended up <clears throat> causing him to pass away. And uh, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we, Aaron, we, we've talked on the show uh, several times about things that are going on in the hockey world that aren't necessarily just about the San Jose Sharks when it's kind of a bigger deal. And this is one of those things. And um, I kind of want to hear a little bit of what you um, thought of this incident. And we'll kind of get into, um, you know, the things that are going to be happening to help prevent this stuff later on. And I'm certainly going to talk a little bit about uh, my view uh, as a parent of two children who play uh, ice hockey. So, um, I, I, again, I just kind of want to get, you know, your, your take on some of this and, sure. uh, it's just, it's just a terrible thing that's happened. Oh, it's tragic. It's, it's absolutely awful that this happened. Now, just to clarify, he didn't, he didn't pa- pass away on the ice. He was taken to the hospital and they were unable to save him. But, um, again, that's, I mean, I was reading about it. There were 8,000 fans in attendance and, um, for, for everybody involved, I'm talking the fans, 8,000 people seeing somebody get their, for better or worse, their throat cut open, um, not knowing if he's going to live or not, getting rushed to the hospital. Um, when uh, you have your teammates, you know, you have the guy who skate did it inadvertently, but they're going to feel absolutely guilty and awful. It, it's it's something that's so tragic and and yes, there's so many different ways that you can get hurt when you're playing hockey. The game is so fast. You're wearing razor blades on your feet. It's very dangerous. Um, I, to me, I think it's, it is avoidable. It is uh, something that they can do. And we'll get into this in a little bit about neck guards and, and different protections that you could wear around your neck, because this has happened in the NHL before nobody died, but um there's oh it's it's it is brutal if you are weak at seeing blood or anything remotely just terrifying do not google this and look for these videos it is it is really bad i didn't see this one i refuse to look for it i do not want to see it because i've seen the one that happened in the nhl where they, he thankfully lived but it is so horrific it is so bad it is so traumatizing 
Um, the one that happened in the NHL that I'm thinking of, I can't even, I should have looked this up, but Buffalo Sabres, Clint Malarchuk, the goaltender is who you're thinking of. Yeah. And right away skated. The trainer came out, put pressure on, skated him off, got them away right away. Now I was reading an article that was in the athletic. I think it came out yesterday or, or maybe today this morning. Um, it was a trainer and, um, she was saying basically, her biggest fear is that happening during practice because during a game, at least in the NHL level, you have doctors, you have people in house, you have an ambulance ready to go. You have all these people on staff ready to go. But in practice, she is it. That's it. If that happens in practice, she is the only one that's going to be there and be able to save them and get them to the hospital because there's no ambulance sitting on standby for practices and, and whatnot. So um, it is a very real thing that I think the NHL and the NHLPA should look at it. I'm sure this will be talked about in the offseason. It's not going to happen now. It's not, they're not going to knee jerk reaction and, and mandatory make these, you know, going to happen because players aren't going to want it. But go back and let's go back in history. They used to not play with helmets and the players refused to play with helmets. Eventually they got mandatory and it got grandfathered in. And there's the last people, you know, Doug Wilson was one of the last ones to not wear a helmet. Um, then visors was next. And people said they couldn't see it gets fogged up. It's terrible. It's not comfortable. Sure. Okay. But everyone's going to be wearing one and it protects your eye. In fact, I think last week there was a game, a sharks game where um, maybe it was two weeks ago, a puck from the point got tipped off of a stick, went directly into a player's face. I think it actually hit him in the side because he turned a little bit. If you didn't have that visor, that eye could have been gone. And that would have been, you know, you lose, if you lose one vision and if you lose vision in one eye, you cannot play in the NHL. That is actually the legal um, thing, I guess. It's in it's in the rule book that you have to have vision in both eyes because you can't blindly. Yeah, you're going to get a blindsided hit, basically. So it's a safety issue. So if you lose vision in your eye, if you take a stick or you take a puck and you lose vision in your eye, your career is done. So there are a lot of injuries. I mean, not similar to this, but. We've seen it where um, Eric Carlson's Achilles got sliced by a skate. We saw last year Evander Kane getting his wrist slashed by a skate. So it's dangerous. It's an extremely dangerous game. It happens very fast. Um, I would like to see, and I know you're going to, you as a parent, you're going to get into this, but what I would like to see and what I would expect to happen is it's going to start the lower levels and slowly graduate its way up into the upper levels. And currently, uh, the OHL, I think everyone except the WHL requires everyone to wear neck guards already. So it's already kind of in place at the lower levels. Players are already getting used to it. If you're playing at a high level, you're going to get used to it. And in the article, the trainer is like, players just don't want to change anything. They're never going to want to change anything, especially when it comes to equipment. It'll take them three days and they'll get used to it. They could mandate it, but they won't. They'll fight it. But it could happen. Yeah. Um, I want to, I moved some things around there, super juice, Jason. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> you had said that, you know, some of the, the OHL t- uh, or the CHL teams or, or, or leagues, I guess, uh, are, have mandated that already. Um, it looks like, uh, some of the folks from the, uh, Providence Bruins, which is an AHL team, um, their players on just a Sunday, actually, uh, threw on some neck protection kind of like in response to all of this, uh, maybe kind of their way of saying, Hey, we, we see you. Um, we, you know, we want this to be something that kind of 
is what we're doing moving forward. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> hockey players are tough, but um, I mean, a skate to the throat, there's, there's no toughness for that. Right. Uh, it's not something you just play through and you're hurt. It's that's, that's a very serious injury. So I think this is kind of their way of saying, you know, this is something that we can very easily do and, you know, um, kind of promote it to, to more than just, uh, their own little group, uh, of fans. So, um, I, Providence Bruins, my hat's off to you guys for, um, you know, kind of stepping out of your comfort zone even, you know, normally you wouldn't have worn a neck guard or maybe they came from those leagues where they did have them mandated and it was okay and easy for them to put it on and it didn't change the way they played, blah, blah, blah. Uh, either way, they don't have to, and they decided to. So, uh, again, my hat's off for kind of bringing some awareness to that. Um, now the IEHL, which is the English ice hockey league, this is the league that the Nottingham Panthers, um, who Adam Johnson played for, uh, this is the league that they're in. Um, thank you. Super Station. Yeah. So they're actually, um, going to, uh, it looks like make it mandatory to wear a neck guard beginning in 2024. Now, I don't know if that's the 2024 season or if that's turn of the year, uh, 2024, the, the calendar year, but either way, uh, looks like they are at least taking a step in that direction, uh, to have players, uh, necks protected, uh, by these neck guards. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think for, for me, you had mentioned, you know, I, I want to say a little bit about being a, a parent of two young hockey players. And, you know, for sure, this is kind of one of those things that's a little bit eye opening. You know, my kids, when they started playing hockey, it wasn't ice, it was inline hockey. There's no, you, you can roll over somebody's neck, but you're not going to cut it. Right. So they never wore the neck guards. Um, going into ice, it was not something that we thought of as equipment because it was just not one of the things that was listed. It was always, you know, a helmet, shoulder pads, everything else. So, um, you know, a little bit later on, we saw, oh, these are available, but we never really bothered. And, you know, we tried putting it on, you know, one of them and it was, you know, kind of like a turtleneck. It was just kind of uncomfortable. So we, we hadn't done it. Um, I can tell you right now, and uh, Super Producer Jason's got some some images of some of these things. Uh, the neck guards are are available all over the place. Actually, not right now because they're pretty much sold out um, <laughs> in, in response to this. Yeah. But you can see that it's not just a neck guard. They've got, you know, full-blown shirts that are, I mean, made with Kevlar yeah. um, that have, you know, the, the, uh, the neck guard uh, built into it. Also have shirts that have those long sleeves that have on the wrists, uh, wrist guards. So uh, they are cut resistant in both of those areas, which are uh, both fairly exposed when you compare to the rest of all of the uh, the hockey gear. <laughs> no, Peter St. John, not not chain mail, but um, next best thing at Kevlar, <laughs> I think. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, and if you have young players or if you play yourself, uh, this is one of those things that, you know, it's it might be a little costly, but you can imagine uh, how much more costly it would be um, you know, in, in trying to uh, weigh that against the safety of yourself or your, your young players. So, um, certainly we've purchased, uh, some, some protective gear for the, for our kids. Um, they're just going to have to get used to it. I know turtlenecks kind of suck. I don't like wearing them either, but you know, and, 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 uh, in response to this, I think, you know, again, the safety is paramount of course. Um, and that's definitely something that, uh, we're looking into, and I actually, I just saw the notification on my phone, like just a minute ago <laughs> that, that the, uh, the purchase went through. So I guess oh, we yeah. found, we found something as again, yeah. everywhere we look and we went to pure hockey and everything else and they're all sold out. So, um, TJ, uh, this uh, is, 
sorry, this is me just kind of urging you guys. If you play, if you have young ones that play, uh, please let's let's do the best we can to keep them safe. We give them helmets and shoulder pads and shin guards and everything else. Uh, and these two areas are the most uh, critical when it comes to skate cuts. So uh, why not just add, you know, some neck protection and potentially some wrist protection as well. I'm sorry, Aaron, you go ahead. That's okay. Uh, TJ Oshi was asked right before the Sharks game, actually. Um, he plays for Washington Capitals. Um, he's into it, and he just ordered some after this happened, too. So he's ordered the turtleneck, and the turtleneck has the Kevlar in the neck part, and then I think it also has it in the wrists. So it's just a shirt you put on. It's not, you know, it won't be a big, big deal, but they're saying there's only two people that ever wore turtlenecks that look cool. And it was Wayne Gretzky and Thomas Volkanich. <laughs> That's it. Everyone else looked awful in a turtleneck, but it'll, whatever you get your team colors, you get whatever it's going to look good and you'll get used to it. Um, his gripe was that it's so hot, at least in the NHL arenas that guys are sweating through shirts and changing them out in, you know, in between periods. Cause they're already completely soaked through, but again, just something you just get used to. You start at the lower levels, it's going to be the norm in, what, five, ten years, the next generation of players coming through. It's just going to be the norm that this is something else you wear along with your other pads. So um, if it can protect you, I mean, all you need is one success story, right? You see, you pull the tank top or the turtleneck off and you and you see the line of where it would have been on your neck. Yeah. Done. Sold right there. I would buy ten more if that happened to me. <laughs> Um, also, and I cannot for the life of me, remember where I saw this. I want to give the hat tip to the right folks, but apparently, um, the NHLPA is considering adding this to the next collective bargaining agreement, um, that the teams would be able or would provide, uh, some form of, uh, neck protection. Um, so again, this is one of those things where it's a tragedy, but hopefully from this tragedy, uh, can spawn a lot of good change uh, to help make everybody uh, safe. And it's unfortunate that it takes something like this to um, to really spark that change. Uh, but it looks like, um, you know, the safety of the players is you know, maybe well on its way to kind of eliminating or at least lessening uh, a lot of these types of injuries. So, um, you know, again, thoughts and prayers. We know that it can't fix anything, but that's really all we can offer right now is, you know, uh, for, for the families and everybody else. And again, like you said, Aaron, the fans, and, and it's not just, you know, adult fans, kids and stuff that are in there as well. And they, they had to witness that. I know um, with some of the players that my son played with uh, for inline doing the, the Narch finals there, it was, it was a team from the UK and there was um, Sheffield, I think is the name of it. And one of the kids that, that uh, my son played with, plays for a team in Sheffield. Now I'm not sure exactly how close it is to Nottingham, but I remember seeing that name in one of the articles as well. So I wouldn't even be surprised if those families were at that game. So um, yeah, it's just, it's a big tragedy. It's, it's just, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm hoping that some good can come out of this uh, for future generations uh, to uh, eliminate, if not lessen uh, the impact of these types of injuries. So uh, anything else you wanted to add about that? Just condolences go out to him and his family. It's just so tragic and awful. It it's he didn't go to the rink that day thinking he wasn't going to come home. So it's yeah. it is extremely sad, and I feel so terrible. And TJ Oshie even said in his article, he goes, "I could it could happen to me tonight on the ice. Like I, my kids won't have a dad anymore. It's just awful, terrible feeling." 
Uh, Super producer Jason, thank you for the um, the information. He says uh, Sheffield to Nottingham is one hour by car. It's for 45 miles away. Um, so yeah, it's, it was it was pretty close by. I can't remember what the link was in the article. It wasn't just a distance. It was there was something to do with that city. But regardless, um, going from um, some fairly tragic news to some uh, not quite as tragic, but still fairly kind of sad for Sharks fans. Um, Jumbo officially announcing his retirement. Now we all saw this coming, of course, um, maybe, you know, two years ago, but, um, he, he announces retirement and the way that he does it, uh, he does it on, well, I guess it's on X. It was, it's a post. I call it a tweet, but whatever, but it was a shirtless tweet. Of course, because it's jumbo, of course he would do this, right? That's how he, he communicates with people. He takes the shirt off and then he starts talking. Get on with it. Right on cue. <laughs> Wait, uh, Aaron, I mean, obviously we saw this coming. What did you, you think about the tweet? I mean, the guy's hilarious. Uh, for those who didn't see it, he's basically, he is shirtless and he's walking somewhere. Basically like having a conversation. It's like he's on a FaceTime. He's going, ah, uh, I didn't think I had to do this, but I guess I have to. I'm officially announcing that I'm retired. So it's kind of funny and very Jumbo-like. And then uh, I don't know if you saw Sharky's follow-up picture. Do you remember when, um, was it Jumbo and Burnsy walking shirtless? Is that who it was? So Jumbo had the shirt off. He was walking with Burnsy, but Jumbo had the shirt off. Yeah. Yeah. So after that happened, Sharky has a suit or he just takes off his jersey and he's walking around shirtless. So he posted that picture when, uh, you know, along with Joe announcing their retirement. So kind of sad, but um, I think it was something that was long time coming. Maybe he was holding out hope that he would get signed by the end of the year. Who knows? Here, here, oh, here's the video right here. There you go. Yeah, we don't have the the video, I think, or the audio. No audio. Yeah. That's so okay. Jumbo. But yeah, so uh, definitely check this one out if you haven't seen it yet. Um, what a beauty this guy is, huh? Look at the hat. He's got the beard. <laughs> he's rocking it. It's nice and uh, nice and cut there, huh? He's got it trimmed up. Yeah, it looks it looks better, but I still think it's gross. I think he needs to shave it all off. <laughs> he needs to go the the short route like I have. I was, you know what? The skunk stripe is kind of going away. It's just kind of all getting light, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's no now it's stripes going of just darkness. Not- but I think uh, Super Producer Jason's also got uh, a good handful of images here for uh, for Jumbo. And uh, while we're talking, maybe we'll just kind of roll through some of them. Aaron, um, what do you have to say about this absolute beauty, this legend? Um, yeah, what do you got to say about this guy? <laughs> um I, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, and I think this might have a little to do with the reason that he announced his retirement, because you have to be retired to start being eligible to go into the Hall of Fame. Um, another part of it might be they are opening a position for him in the front office. I'm not I'm completely speculating. I don't know here, so don't take my word for <laughs> it. But um, I would think that that's it's basically like a formality so that he can get the ball rolling into his what do you call it? Your next step in your career kind of thing. So no longer a player and turning into a front office, maybe management, maybe player development role. My guess would be player development in something that he stays around since the Barracuda are here. He stays around San Jose and helps those new players that are coming in. And um, kind of like what uh, was it? Todd, Mar- Todd Marchant was doing while in Anaheim. Uh, now he's with the San Jose Sharks, kind of a similar role of, Player development, showing players how they need to train and, and off-season stuff and get ready and how to get better and 
and also survive the NHL because it is such a grind to play 82 games in a season. Most of these kids have never done it before. So um, anyway, I, I think that's kind of what the direction that he's going to go. So I'm going to say Hall of Fame and then announcing he's hired with the San Jose Sharks. So he'll be around for a long time, which would be fantastic. We just stunk. <laughs> I want to kick off them. the uh, the roll call here. Um, tell us what city you're watching us from and what's your favorite jumbo moment. That's what I'd like to hear from you guys. So if you can go ahead, uh, type that in the chat right now, let us know, and then maybe we'll just kind of say some of our favorite moments. Aaron, for me, uh, there's a couple of them, actually. One, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a thousand of them, realistically, but um, certainly ones that stand out for me uh, that pass to Patrick Marlowe from the, well, I guess if you're looking at the goal, be the right-hand side, those, those mm-hmm. boards, uh, that blind backhanded rocket of a pass tape to tape goes to Marlowe. He pumps it in um, just such a beautiful, amazing pass. And it's everything that Joe Thornton is uh, one of, I mean, if not the best, one of the best passengers of passers of his generation. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's many people that can even now do the types of things that he did Um, for him to just kind of glance over his shoulder and then kind of calculate it in his head while he's looking at the glass and just rip one backhand. Are you kidding? Absolutely amazing. Um, So that one for me is, is certainly a a very big one. Then of course the, uh, when he got the hat trick and he was on the bench and he's just, "Ah!" we've seen that tweet uh with or the meme rather where he's got that that gif yeah. of him doing that oh my goodness and the, the, the eyes are lighting up and everything else um yeah seeing him uh get that and the reaction honestly the three goals is great it was the reaction for me uh that did it um this guy you know nearing the end of his career and he just like he's you know 18 again he's on the bench just yelling and screaming and loving it you know and that's to me that is like all encompassing of what Joe Thornton is like, he's a kid at heart. He loves the game with every fiber of his being. I remember being told that he sometimes would come from home, go to the rink so he could take a shower and then leave. He just wanted to be at the rink. Um, so, and of course in, in the, in the tweet that he just sent out the retirement tweet, he says, if you're looking for me, you know where to find me. I'll be at the rink. Right. And of course that's, that's exactly where he'll be, even if he's retired. And when we've seen him before with uh, with Mike Greer uh, at the press box, um, taking a look at, you know, some of the games and and looking over some of the players, I I'm fully expecting that he's going to take some sort of role that deals with either development, as you said, or front office, as you said, he's going to be involved in some way, shape or form. And it's going to be in San Jose. Um, You know, his son. um, Yeah, there you go. That's the one. There you go. Super producer Jason's on point. Um, yeah, so it, his son actually plays, uh, in, and well, he's a 10 U player, but that team is actually playing in 12 U. Uh, not doing too hot right now, but we're, we're watching them as well. But, uh, you know, they're, they're a pretty good little team there. And, uh, he's a big part of that San Jose junior strikes team. Jumbo is going to be here. He ain't going anywhere. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that's two of my, my favorite moments. I haven't even mentioned the Jumbo slide, but I'll let you go ahead and, and say yours. And then we'll take a look at the comments here and, and see what people say. Sure. I'm, uh, I got season tickets to the Sharks during the lockout of 04, 05, knowing that there was going to be a lockout uh, to reserve our spot for the following season. So that following season is when they started off with that terrible losing streak and then made the trade 
before Jumbo, I remember being in shock. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, the Sharks are going to win a cup this year. Ah, funny me. Um, and then that year with Chichu scoring, was it 56 goals because Thornton passed to him so many times and he would just score. Um, just unbelievable. And then one of my other favorite ones, I think Ryan Sontag had said the uh, the press interview after Hurdle's four goal game, and we all know what he said. <laughs> Um, going back to that Boston goal where he's celebrating, he almost scored a fourth goal in that game. That was an empty netter. I think he missed. I want to say he even hit the post or something. And then Boston came back and tied it with under a minute. So had he gotten his, his rooster trick, I'll say, um, uh, they would have won that game and they ended up losing that game. I remember that, but yeah, those are, those are some of my favorite moments. Um, watching him in the playoffs become, um, getting to the finals for the first time and um, just just an amazing guy, amazing player. And you said you said top generational passer. I think he's one of the best passers ever, maybe behind Wayne Gretzky. And I think and again, I go back. There should have been a Wayne Gretzky award for most assists in the in the league because he would have gotten it a few times and and well deserved to one of the best best passers ever. So I think uh, it's an amazing thing. He's certainly going to be in the Hall of Fame, and I can't wait to see that because he will most likely go in as a shark, which would be the first shark in the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, there's other players that played for the Sharks that went into the Hall of Fame, but they weren't a shark. Okay. You know what I mean? Like Bernie Nichols played for the Sharks for a hot minute. He's in the Hall of Fame. But he didn't go in as a shark. He went in as a king. Cause he was, he played most of his career there. So yeah. Anyway, even though he was drafted by Boston, played there for a couple of years, uh, he played mainly in San Jose. So he's a forever shark to me. hundred percent agree. Uh, Ryan Sontag, you had mentioned that, uh, he had said the, the press interview after hurdles four goal game, but he also mentioned right before that says trolling Sedin. Do you remember this one? <laughs> yes. When he was I pointing think- over there, but he kept hitting Sedin in the nose. <laughs> That's also a gift somewhere. Yeah. Keeps, just, they're talking to the ref, right? It's just yeah. the two captains talking to the ref, and he keeps punching his nose or like pointing into his nose, and Sadine was getting pissed. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was great. Uh, certainly a lot of good moments. And actually, one last one here. And I think it was actually your neighbor whose garage we used who had said this. Uh, I could be wrong, but um, he had asked him for a picture, and Jumbo goes, Only if it's a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> So he's got this nice selfie with Jumbo. I guess just that's the only pictures that Jumbo ever took. He's like, I'm not just going to sit here and pose for you. You're going to get in this thing. We're doing it. That was on uh, our set for a while. It was in our background, like the picture of the two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's uh, get on to some more sad news. Uh, the games of the week, Aaron. Oh, God. There okay. were four of them. Well, I don't even know why we want to call them games because I don't think we were really in uh, any of these except maybe one, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the Sharks do exactly what I'm hoping they do. And they, they take the L, right? They get closer and closer to the Celebrini slash Eiserman sweepstakes. We just stunk. <laughs> Dude, who is it said earlier that one's going to get worn out this season? It might get worn out in this show. <laughs> we say John. Yeah. Game, my goodness. Um, yeah, so Florida Panthers, the first game of the week, 3-1 loss. Now, uh, you liked uh, Eklund's play here to to Zetterlin. Um, why don't you go ahead and, and let the folks know which one you're talking about here? Sure. I think, in fact, he did this before, earlier in the season. I said, watch, we're going to see this a lot. 
happen a lot more. Um, he goes, Eklund takes the puck and he goes around the net and it looks like he's going to try and, um, uh, oh my gosh, wrap. wrap around. Thank you. Oh my God. I was just teaching Calvin what a wrap around was earlier today when we were playing hockey. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, so he, he goes like he's, I, and I showed him this whole play too. I had him be Zetterlin and I was Eklund. I was like, Hey, watch this. This is what he did. And we and go around the net. Okay. Eklund goes around the net, but right before he goes to the other side, he throws it out front. So the goalie is looking to his right, watching Eklund. As soon as the goalie moves to look this way, Eklund passes it. So the goalie jumps to the other side, expecting Eklund to wrap around. Zetterlin's wide open and just taps it on the open side of the goal. So Eklund had done this before. Um, I think it was a preseason game that he did it. He passed it to Bordolo, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um but anyway, he he fed Zetterland here, and I think Zetterland's been looking better and better in every game. He's still another young guy that he was part of the uh, the trade for Timo Meyer, and I think he's he's been pretty good, uh, better than some other players that that are on the Sharks getting paid a lot more money. So I think um, I think he's going to start kind of kicking into gear here, and I like that these two are playing together at least in this game. Uh, the two Swedish connections here, two young guys, Swedish connections. I want to see these kids play, put them together. And uh, let let the magic happen here. And and so far, it's been looking pretty good. Eklund has not looked out of place at all, at all. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, and that's for me a little bit surprising because I, I figure you know he's um, he doesn't have anybody to work with. So how good can he possibly look? And this guy is absolutely one hundred percent carrying uh, the play when he's got the puck on his stick. You see him doing such a great job on the boards, protecting the puck. Um, taking bumps and shoves and everything else and just dealing with it. Um, I don't want to say Crosby, but it's it's slightly Crosby-esque where he's able to use his body so well uh, to shield the puck, and he's very shifty. Um, and, and you just see him kind of controlling it the entire way through uh, and, and making these beautiful passes. Now he's, he's, he's hitting guys that aren't able to finish, right? So maybe he would have some more assists. But if you take away just looking at stats and you look at the way that the kid's playing the game – um, he's a hundred percent doing it right. Um, he's making these again, beautiful plays. And once he's got somebody, uh, alongside him who can actually finish Will Smith, uh, <laughs> I, Iserman or Celebrini, if we, you know, end up winning this draft, um, I think he's going to look just that much better. Um, the confidence is going to grow that who he's, he's hitting with a pass has a, a better chance of actually finishing it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen him set up. Uh, Luke Cunning, and it just didn't go. Now we'll talk a little bit about that later on because uh, it did happen to go. But for the most part, we haven't seen the guys that he's hitting really be able to bury it. In this case, Zetterlin does. I like that there's a Swedish connection. Frankly, I don't care uh, what country they come from as long as they get each other figured out and they can get some chemistry going. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, not this season, but uh, in the seasons to come. Uh, then we go, uh, to Tampa Bay. And if, <laughs> if I recall, and I do last episode, I had said, this is the game. This is the game that the no shutout streak ends. Now the last game we lost three to one. So we did get a goal there that continued this game. However, emphatically six, nothing loss. The no shutout streak for the Sharks ends here, and uh, this is this is about as as bad as it gets. We just stunk. 
<laughs> it was pretty awful. It was pretty painful. This was, I mean, every year I feel like there's one or two of these games, right? It doesn't matter how good the sharks are or bad they are. There's going to be a game where they just get whomped. And this is the one Now, as bad as they played. And you're probably going to laugh. I thought Blackwood played pretty well. I, he let in five of the six, but he, he easily stopped another four or five should have been goals. He had some amazing saves where the announcers were like, how did he do that? Like, and he kept them again, as terrible as it is, he kept them in the game Had they scored a goal or two. It was three to one or three to two going after the first period. They're still in that game. He made some incredible saves. I think he's just getting tired and he's getting hung out to dry. He is showing at least from what I've seen, even this whole week, he's played what he, he played three of the four games. Um, he is looking very good. I'm trying to picture what he would be like on a team that's good, not on the Sharks, right? Yeah. He's a starter, man. He is. He's a legit starter on a good team for sure. Uh, I have been impressed with what he's done. Do you, do you remember the length of the contract? Was it two years or one? Two. Two years. Okay. Hopefully uh, at the end of the, or hmm, the midway point of uh, the coming season here, um, we're, we're looking like there's at least some promise that's coming and um, Blackwood might be interested in signing just a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't mind, you know, if he's, if he's going to be standing out and other teams want him and they're willing to give up, um, you know, a bit of a ransom to get him, then cool. But he's uh, the only man. I would like to see somebody steady in net, Aaron. Hey, I, I have a little note here for oh. a little bit later, but okay. both goalies are actually playing pretty well. Yeah. I think our goaltending is solidified. It's been awful for years. I think these two have it solidified in the back. I think our forwards are mediocre at best. And our defense is terrible. Just horrendous. But I think the goalies are pretty solid. Both of them. Kakinen and Blackwood. Any guesses on what their save percentage is right now? Well, it uh, looks like uh, Nick HBK uh, said 9.7%. Uh, sorry, Nick, you took sorry. it, you took sorry, it away from me. <laughs> both of them. Both goalies, 907. Kakinen really? and Blackwood. How many goals have they let in this week? They're still at 907 save percentage. They they let in quite a few. Uh and, and we'll get to that stat later later on too, but there was uh quite a few. And of course, you know, when you get shut out six nothing, um that that is it's a massive amount of goals. Now, I don't disagree with you though. I don't disagree with you. I think Blackwood played well. Um and I think who is it here that just said they could have uh Kellen says the game should have been eight nothing in the second period. Yeah. Yep. He's making Easily. a lot of saves that perhaps, you know, these these pucks should be going in the net uh i don't know that i would qualify that as keeping them in the game uh but (laughs) they were never in that game it's okay uh to say that he wasn't keeping them in the game if the reason that they're not in the game is because there's no offense right but um yeah i I, I don't know about keeping a minute he was uh, certainly making saves that he shouldn't have been making and uh, that's really all you can ask for uh, from a goaltender is uh, try to say the ones that you can and if you can do anything beyond that Thumbs up to you, buddy. Um, but let's move on to the Carolina game. This one, another shutout against the Sharks here. So um, we just stunk. Carolina, I told you he's going to wear it out in this this segment alone. Uh, three nothing loss 
Um, you've got a couple of things to say here. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know if this is a positive about Hoffman or not, but I'm pretty low on Hoffman right now. So you go ahead, uh, spin it however you want to try to spin it. Go ahead. I'm, I'm also low on Hoffman. I didn't think, I don't think he's playing very well. He should be shooting like crazy, but, um, what's funny is he had a snipe. There was a two on one and he shot it and he completely beat Ronta, but he hit the crossbar. I mean, it was, if it, we're talking half an inch lower, that's bar down and in, and he just blew it by him. But the funny thing is he ended up with zero shots in that game because it's not a shot on goal, right? Hitting the crossbar post is not a shot on goal. Mm-hmm. So his stat line for that game is a minus two, two penalty minutes, no shots and 15 minutes of ice time. But he could have, I think at that point it would have been two to one. He would have made the game two to one. Yeah. And the Sharks had chances. It's not like they were just getting dominated by Carolina. This game was close, and Kakinen played really well. Made some pretty impressive saves, as does as Blackwood has been doing. But um, he certainly gave the Sharks a chance to win. I thought Kakinen played very well. And and really quick, I want to call out Kellen Foster here saying, I'd like to thank Ryan Miller for this goalie turnaround. Let's not forget, uh, the Sharks did hire Ryan Miller um as a goaltending coach now i think evgeny nabokov is still like director of goaltending or development yeah, or whatever it is they're both i wonder if one of them's lower level one of them's nhl level. i think ryan miller might be kind of working under nabokov in terms of the the way that they've got it set up but I, i'm not entirely certain but yes ryan miller was the addition and it does seem like as you've said the goaltending seems a little bit better this season um again by the stat lines it doesn't necessarily look that way uh, but the, the goaltending has looked better when you're losing every game you've played, but both your goaltenders are above 900 still. I mean, it's that's that's not bad, right? It's not the it's not bad. It's not the goalies. It's what? It's not the goalies. I don't think no. that's the problem. Okay. Yeah, we just stunk. We stunk on the power play. We stunk on the penalty kill. We stunk five on five. Our forward stunk. Our defenseman stunk. The whole shebang. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, yeah. So you're thinking Kakinen might be a, a trade target. Well, before we say that, Sturm, you're saying he got robbed twice. So there's a couple opportunities that um, we could have been in this game, if not won it, is what it sounds like. Yes. Um, Sharks just unable to convert. Now, I love Nico Sturm. I love everything he brings. Um, but maybe not the guy that's going to end up burying these shots. Unfortunately, uh, if you're looking for the sharks to get a win, right. Uh, unfortunately for me, I'm, I, I was entertained in this game and we're still leading the draft sweepstakes. I'm happy with that. Uh, so let's move on from those guys and, and just go to back to Kakinen real quick. You say he's a great one B goalie. And uh, there's a reason you're bringing that up. Well, if there's anyone that needs a one B goalie on their team, I'm sure the Sharks will gladly trade Kakinen. He has a fairly team-friendly deal for a goalie. He's at 2.75, whereas Mackenzie Blackwood, who would probably be the bigger target, is at 2.3. So he's even cheaper. Um, but Capo is a free agent after this year. So if you're signing him as a 1B, I really wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved to the deadline because of this. Um he is a fantastic addition to a team that let's say they have a veteran starter and they have a rookie backup and 
by the trade deadline, you'll know if your backup is serviceable or not. Um, or if maybe they need more time down in the minors, or maybe they're just going to bury them, or maybe they'll trade them to the Sharks. Um, but I think Kakinen is a fantastic 1B situation, a great backup in the NHL, definitely capable of taking over in case of an injury or maybe you want to rest your starter going into the playoffs because you're so far ahead, which is so weird to think that people do that and not fight for a playoff spot. But it's been a while. It's been a while, folks. (laughs) Washington, we finally score a goal uh, after going two games being shut out. And, um, you know, I woke up and I I didn't necessarily want them to win. Right. Like I said, (laughs) but I woke up a feeling, man, I think we're going to win this game. And uh, they scored the first goal. So I wasn't far off. Right. Um, But then the, the, the Washington comes back. They score a, a late one in the third to go ahead. And then the third goal was actually an empty netter. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was it was a close game, actually, Aaron, this one here. So, I, again, I, I thought they might win. I was close. I'm glad that I was wrong, but uh, I wasn't too far off on this one, really. But the one goal that did get scored, Aaron, why don't you go ahead? I'll let you you get the glory on this one. Fire away. We have the garbage collector getting his, is it the first goal of the season? I believe. I think so. His first goal of the season. So uh, Luke Cunning, uh, the shot went over the goal, I think. It was kind of a weird shot from the point. Bounced from the backboards right into the front of the net. We get to use the slide. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. You know, he hasn't scored a goal since December of last year because he had tore his ACL. Due to injury, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it sucks. Like, sucks for us. We didn't get to use that great graphic, but sucks for him. He didn't get to play. But, um, yeah, anyway, uh, he scored a great goal, and it was total garbage goal. He collected it, a rebound off of the boards, and just shoved it right kind of – the goalie had his skate up against the post and he kind of got it like right underneath it. So um, good goal for Cunning and, and the Sharks were up one nothing for a long time. Uh, Washington was having a really hard time solving Blackwood up until the what third period, I think. So um, he stood on his head yet again and then the dam broke. That is the way Cunning's going to get uh, his in the NHL. We'll say um, if if Eklund just straight feeding him ain't going to work, uh, crash the net and uh, collect your garbage goals, buddy. Uh, so yeah, speaking of Eklund again, now in this game he continued his outstanding playmaking. Um, I'm again the future is bright, as you say here. Um, he's a lot like you were saying Carlson just a couple of years ago, where he was just setting up everybody, but nobody seemed to be able to finish. And that's kind of what what Eklund's doing right here, right now. So, again, I'm looking forward to the future of the Sharks, the young prospects coming in, getting better, um, the the high draft picks, right, uh, coming in and being able to, uh, to, to work with this guy. And, again, he's not looking for the glory. He's not looking for the goals. He's looking to make his team better. He's looking at the players around him, trying to find those amazing passes to make after he's done such a great job of playmaking and protecting. So, again, the future's bright. I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, what Eklund brings once we have somebody who can actually put the puck in the <laughs> net for him. Uh, so there you go. Now, in this game also, the other highlight was Granlin 
back in the lineup. He'd been out for uh, quite a while there. And you've got a couple stats you wanted to go over real quick here. Aaron, go ahead. Fire away. Oh, yeah. In that game, he was the only forward that was a plus one. So that what do you think about that? Like, that's crazy, right? Uh, his face-off percentage was 71.4% in that game. That game alone. Um, he's only played two games. He played the season oper- opener and then was hurt up until now. Um, I pulled these stats up from, from uh, Natural Stat Trick here. I'm trying to look at it right now real quick, but it's very slow. Anyway, uh, I wrote it down that uh, in the two games, he's gone 15 and nine in the faceoff circle, 62.5. I think he was only behind Hurdle. Um, and Hurdle obviously has way more faceoffs than he took, but um, percentage wise, Hurdle is actually better, which is crazy. So yeah. Hurdle and, and Granlin are the two that uh, I can barely see that, but there you go. There's, there's some of the stats. Um, anyway, it was good to have Granlin back. I think. Once Couture is back and you have Couture, Granlin, Hurdle, those three centers and Sturm, the centers are going to be solidified. I think the forwards are going to be playing a lot better, uh, a lot more consistent and better defensively because right now not having Granlin in there uh, was hurting and definitely not having Couture, who's probably their best two-way forward, in my opinion, on the team. Um, it hurts a lot. So I think once, once Couture is finally healthy and back in the lineup, you got your captain back, you got your best defensive forward. Um, I think uh, we're going to start seeing some more wins, and I bet they go on maybe a couple streaks here and even out the disastrous start to the season. You know, with Zadina, we had talked earlier about, um, you know, he was off to a great start, and I was saying let's not get our hopes up right away. You know, it's it could just be lightning in a bottle, that kind of thing, and sure enough, haven't really heard much from Zadina. You're still high on him, so why don't you go ahead uh, as you say, he he had a bit of a brutal trip, but there's uh, there's still some hope here. He did. He had a terrible trip. The first two game, first three games, he had two goals, and then and then since then he hasn't done anything. Um, he is getting a lot of minutes though, and he's also I didn't even realize this for forwards. He's behind Sturm and Cunning on uh, penalty kill time, so he is like the next forward. He has more penalty kill time than Tomas Hurdle. Um, and I feel like I see hurdle out there all the time. So he is kind of a, a more of a well-rounded player. And there was a comment in here about where did it go? Um, do you think Duclair's game will get better? That's a guy that I think needs to step up more. I, I think we all do. Hoffman obviously is on this list, but Duclair is a guy who I was expecting him 20 ish goals. And he isn't really was he gotten one goal. And it was kind of a fluke goal. If I remember correctly, it's kind of a weird one. Um, we we need these guys to start stepping up and scoring goals. They need to start finishing. And Duclair is the guy who I was looking at this other stat of just pure ice time. This is the ice time. Tomas Schertl has 183 minutes. He's on the ice all the time. Has to be. He's the best player. Next up, Anthony Duclair, 150 minutes. He's the second most ice time forward, and he has a goal to show for it. Ah, goal. Do and something. He's playing with hurdle, is he not? Right. Well, you got to do something, man. But he, your your best player is on the ice, and you're playing with him, and you've got one goal. Gotta step it up. Dude's invisible right now. Yep. And I know he's a goal scorer. They they're streaky. You you will probably see him rip off four goals in five games, and then he'll kind of go quiet again. Just just the nature of being a goal scorer. But you gotta you gotta get in there, man. 
start hitting people, start doing other stuff that is not going to maybe show up on the score sheet, but you're every, everyone's going to notice you on the ice. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. like the, the Jamie Baker effect. <laughs> Going back to that that in- yeah. interview with Jamie Baker. When he wasn't scoring, he was making sure he was winning every battle in the corner. He was winning every face-off. He was going to do everything he could to make himself better and get out of that slump. So that's what Duclair needs to do right now. Well, and I think uh, Coach seemed to like LeBanc's game as well. I'm not, again, I, I'm <laughs> seeing a lot of guys that are just out there skating around, but not really making a lot of good plays. Uh, certainly not getting on the stat sheet. Um, I, again, for me, I see Eklund not on the stat sheet, but making good plays. I'm seeing some ugly stuff from a lot of these other guys and some of these guys that you kind of had higher hopes for. Now, again, I'm all about taking the L. You know that, but I also want to be entertained. So I wouldn't mind seeing these guys stepping up, playing better, looking like they care a little bit more, I think. Uh, I declare, I don't, I don't want to call him out, but man, it just looks like he's just disinterested. Sometimes I see him coasting, uh, quite a bit. And it's like, man, come on, like get the legs moving. Let's get the legs moving. Um, but it's neither here nor there. So uh, at the end of the day, what's happening is kind of what I want to happen. I just wish some of these guys would be, uh, a little more, uh, watchable. And, uh, right now it's kind of down to just the one guy that's, that's, uh, fun to watch. And, and hopefully that, that changes soon. Now Burroughs, you liked his hitting. He's got, uh, two own goals. I think you said, uh, with going off the skate or what? Yeah. One bounced off of his, like it bounced off of the, I think it was Washington player bounced off the player, bounced off of his like chest and into the goal while the goalie is all the way on the other side. Blackwood is over there. Um, the other one was, I think, off of a skate or like a block shot that just tipped it or or a stick or something, you know, like it's just he's he seems to be very unlucky and also inopportune times because it was the goals that put the team down. So the other team got the go ahead goal with it. So it's just um, I don't know, I, I, dumb luck, terrible luck or change your luck and stop. I don't know. I don't know what else you can do. It's just. It just sucks for him, but and there's no NHL doesn't track own goals like in soccer. They track own goals. That's stat, an official stat. So instead of instead, what hockey does is they give it to whoever touched the puck last. Yeah. Um. So there's no way I can look this up. I just know from the sight test seeing two goals that I can remember. There might even be more, but he has at least two off of him and into the net. Uh, Malachi Nunez here says, do we see pickles making an impact? We are seeing pickles making an impact and it's helping us get to the first overall. pick. <laughs> He's uh, unfortunately uh, in last week, we talked about this. He had one of the uh, worst games statistically uh, ever for, for him. So um, he's unfortunately not really getting better. Um, his contract isn't going to go away. we got three more years at seven mil. So um we can look forward to uh, the rebuild looking very good over those three years because we can't get rid of them. We can't move them. We can't not gonna be able to trade them. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot you can do uh, with that contract. All you can hope for is what? It's only two more years after this. Oh, after this. Right. So this season plus two. So three, three years, we're still in the beginning right. of this season. So no, we're into the season. It doesn't count anymore. Plus, right. every day that salary gets lower and lower and lower. Just a so bit. he's costing less. Um, the I last think stat 
about this week. Uh, two goals for, 15 goals against for a minus 13. Now, again, that helps us get to where we want to be. But, man, it could be a lot more entertaining than two goals for and 15 goals against. You know what's what, great? What you, you're making a face. Go ahead. What's the face for? Oh, you know what's great? What? Looking at the standings, you know who has high hopes and they're down in the standings with the Sharks, who everyone expected to be at the bottom? What? Edmonton? Calgary Flames. Okay. Edmonton Oilers. Pittsburgh Penguins. Chicago is above them. Yeah. And Chicago is expected to be competing with the Sharks for being in the bottom. I hope I hope all of them get more than 68 points. We'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not even... Sharks aren't even close still. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So the Sharks now up to this point in the season, no wins, one point through nine games. Uh, but you know what? That's sadly, that's not even the record for the longest losing streak to start a season, Aaron. Get this. It's a three-way tie. Okay. The, 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 the record is 11 losses in a row to start the season. 11. Like how bad do you have to be? So right here, we got the graphic. The 1944 New York Rangers, the 2018 Arizona Coyotes, and the 2022 Arizona Coyotes. All of them with an 11-game losing streak. I don't even feel that bad anymore because look at Arizona four years apart, and that was last year was the latest one. <laughs> They've been horrible. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, so bad. Can you look imagine being a fan? Like one of the 10 fans that's uh, in Arizona there? I would be upset. Uh, so <laughs> I like the little green thing there saying that it's uh, the streak is active. So, you know, Aaron, we've got two games coming up in this week and we're two games away from tying that record. So I almost want to put out another roll call here. Uh, maybe we don't have to <laughs> type it out, but you guys in the chat, do you think we're going <laughs> to, do you think the sharks at the end of this week? Cause there's only two games are going to be in that same conversation with the 1944 New York Rangers and uh, the, the majority of the Arizona Coyote teams. Okay, so are, are we going to be in that conversation at the end of this week? You guys let me know in the comments. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Do you think that we are doomed? I mean, we can talk about the, the, the two games we have. First of all, it's Thursday uh, at home against Vancouver. Now, you're going to be there. Awesome. I should be there because it's November 2nd. For those of you who don't know, that's my birthday. So uh, I, I should go to this game. How come you're not going? I, I don't. We know. just stunk. Could be it right there. Maybe <laughs> we got to be entertaining, Aaron. Right? Do you want to go? Point. What's that? Do you want or can you go? I don't Are know. I have free? to take a look. I'm sure I can make it work. All right. I'm sure I can make I'll, it work. I'll see what out. I can do. Oh, look at you. Why? Because you want me to wear the jersey. You want me to wear the Gregor jersey. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but now that you said it, yes, absolutely. I, I, I'd do it again. Uh, I'm only going to a handful of games anyway. I'll do it. Excellent. So uh, we got Thursday is versus uh, Vancouver. Okay. So and then, something- and then Saturday, the fourth against Pittsburgh, which actually is a promo night. It's the Jersey. So if I'm going to go to one of those two games, I should probably go to the Jersey night. But also- between Vancouver and Pittsburgh, are we looking at two more L's? And are we going to be in that epic 11 loss uh, street club. I don't know, man, because uh, today on Reddit, there was a Vancouver fan that joined in or someone had posted something from Vancouver saying that they are very scared for this game because they know the Sharks are winless. They know it's a very Vancouver thing for them to do 
to lose to a team that is winless. So they're fully expecting Vancouver to lose that game and the Sharks to win. So I think that's their best bet. Um, Pittsburgh has been playing terrible. They just lost to Anaheim tonight. So it's also going to be the return of Eric Carlson. So maybe he'll have a little extra jump in his step just to, I don't know, stick it to San Jose for some reason. So um, and they helped him get out of that situation. He shouldn't want to stick it to anybody. He should be thanking us. And yeah, by but thanking he knows, us, he can score he a goal a lot of the, and put us closer. You know, you know to a lot of the guys. One. You know a lot of the guys on the other team or on the other roster sure. on the bench, whatever. So you're gonna want to play up to them. So I think that. But uh, yeah. So for your birthday uh, against Vancouver, I think they're gonna do it. What do you think? Okay. There you go. That's <laughs> <laughs> Did did you just put that together, SPJ? No. We've had that? Maybe. Uh, dude, you... <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I love that. Thank you for spending time putting that together. Appreciate it. If you're <laughs> listening on the podcast, you need to pop over at, uh, what is it, 5735 okay. or whatever. We'll, we'll post it on our socials. We'll yeah, post it everywhere on yeah, our socials. Do that. Do that. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's awesome. Okay, so you're saying uh, Thursday against Vancouver. Uh, we're uh, <laughs> is that Aaron's special message? Is that <laughs> we have notes on the side here, folks? I don't want to pull the curtain back all the way, but <laughs> it says Aaron's special image, and then it's crossed out. That's beautiful. Thanks. Uh, all right, so so Vancouver, you think it happens? All right. Um, I I don't know, man. I think Pittsburgh. You see, here's the thing. We hear about these teams that you're like, oh, Washington, for instance. Washington's really bad this year. Yeah, but Washington still has some guys that are, you know, maybe they're old, but, I mean, they've got some firepower still. They've got some some really good players, even if they're at the end of their careers. Uh, they at least have that. We have a glorified AHL team with a couple NHL, like, second-line type players. That's what we have. So, I don't know, dude. I, I don't – I don't. maybe Vancouver, it could be. But if we're thinking uh, uh, Pittsburgh might be an opportunity for us to get a win, I don't think so at all. I think you wake up the beast in an older Sidney Crosby, Malkin, and uh, uh, EK65, and I think those guys don't allow the Sharks to get their first win if we haven't gotten it in Van- uh, against Vancouver. I mean, uh, they did then. win a they did win a cup on Sharks ice. I was there. Ugh, brutal. Yeah. Um, we also want Vancouver or um, Pittsburgh to be better because the sharks currently hold their first round pick, but it's top 10 protected. So we don't want Pittsburgh to be in the bottom 10 teams. We want them to be 11th worst team. So we get the 11th overall pick. We're also rooting for the New Jersey devils to get to the conference finals so that we get their first round pick. So there's potential for three first round picks this upcoming draft. But, but, but help me out here. If it's the 11th pick, but they win the lottery. Do we get that? Or does that now because it's less than 10? It's top 10 protected and they have the option to move the pick to 2025 right. unprotected first round or give it to the Sharks. So that top 10 still includes the lottery because sometimes it's lottery protected and that's it. Right. It's the pick is top 10 protected. So I wonder I'm looking, at, that's, I'm looking at cap friendly. So that's I'm, I'm wondering if it says top 10 protected and it's the 11th. And they're like, okay, it's not protected. Then they win the laundry. And then that no, becomes ours. I think it's after the lottery. Okay. If it's so if they're 10th worst team and a lottery team jumps ahead of them and pushes them to 11th, 
It goes to the Sharks. I'm just I'm looking I'm looking for the best case scenario here, Aaron. Okay, sorry. Don't shatter my dreams. All right. Um, okay. I'll take I'll still take three guys in the top 32 picks. That would be amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what? I wouldn't even mind taking if it was a later round. Uh, let's say they make playoffs and they go deep, whatever. Um, I wouldn't even mind taking that, packaging it with somebody else who can be uh, of some use, like a goaltender, for instance, with McNeil, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and then taking that and moving up a little bit, that wouldn't even be such a bad thing for me. So um, anyway, stuff that we can talk about near the end of the season. We're, uh, we're what, 10% of the way in, barely. So uh, we got some time to talk about that. Aaron, I think that's pretty much it for Sharks stuff um are, are we is there anything else you want to say about the shark specifically anything in the comment section uh that you saw that maybe you wanted to, to to call out before we move on to the the last uh segment here uh <laughs> nick just said top 29 devils make it to the conference finals and then lose that would be the best case scenario whatever i'll, I'll take three in the top 30 that would be fantastic and one of those being in the top three which would be great um 100%. i don't know um not much else in here i guess all right well then i guess we are done talking about sharks we're going to talk about us so there you go um <laughs> like everybody leaves right mass exodus yeah. right now um Bye. no the set update aaron we have a set yeah. update okay take us away oh you want me to do it okay yeah, yeah you're the one that did that i don't know anything about this go ahead all right I'm so learning, just like the... everybody in the chat <laughs> the last set wall is done. So we have four of the four set walls. Um, the LED tracks are being assembled. And I think we have a picture of it here. So we're going to have some lighting in the background. It's going to look really fancy and cool. That's pretty. Um, the last thing that we're going to do is uh, we're going to have a desk this time around versus just me and Paul sitting in chairs for the awkward cross shot. shots. Yeah. And, uh, so that's the last thing to design and build. And then we will be filming on the set very soon. And we can't wait to show it all off to you. So what I want to hear from you guys, who should we interview on our first set show? Who should be the first one we interview on the set? Not that the set's going to be the first time we use the set will be an interview. No, 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 no. Oh, you know, I can't lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know, month. And- <laughs> Jason wants Jason wants Hurdle on the show. It'll be one oh, really one question. One question. It'll be an hour of Hurdle just talking in one sentence. We can't get him on the show because if he does any research on us and he sees how much we go, he's not going to come on the show. Get on with it. Getting Jumbo would be great. I would love to have Jumbo on there. Oh my god! You got the inside track, man. You see him at practice. You ask him. Yeah. Get on with it. Only if it's a selfie, I think, is what he'll tell me. But uh, we'd like a full interview. Yeah, Randy Hahn would be nice having him back on the show again. Uh, we've had him on twice. If you haven't seen our interviews with Randy Hahn, uh, please check those out. Obviously, one of them very out of date. This was right before, or no, right after the Eric Carlson news broke when we got Eric Carlson. So mm-hmm. seasons ago, right? And then uh, <laughs> most most recently was at a winery, actually, Aaron, for his. Uh, how many games shirts. was it? What? How uh, many games was it that he called? Two thousandth game. Two thousand, right? Uh, some ridiculous number. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, <laughs> TJ Galliardi. Uh, Noah, that's a that is a name. That is someone that we could interview, <laughs> as Graham would say. 
There you go. Yeah, I, I think Jumbo. Oh, if we had Jumbo on there, but he was shirtless. Yeah. That, just Jumbo. You don't want to see anybody else shirtless. That's certainly that'll, that'll get the views, right? <laughs> Noah Claxton, you're trolling. Anti Sumella. There you go. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe I can get Benning on the show. Oh. When's Toronto coming to town? Maybe we can get Noah on. Oh, no, no, no. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. Nope. Not happening. SJ Sharkey. That would be a very interesting interview. I, you know, honestly, Rafi Torres, he gets a bad rap. I like that guy. I thought he was a heck of a player. Eh. <laughs> eh. Uh, oh, CJ says, uh, just wanted to tap in, staying up for the show. Got to have to pay the price tomorrow morning, but it's worth it. Oh, hey, CJ. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Now, CJ, I don't know if you know, uh, we're, we're pretty much at the end of the show here. So you're not going to have to stay up too much longer, but I appreciate you popping in. Uh, Super producer Jason wants Marlo uh, as the first uh, interview on the set there. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot Shark. of big names. It would be certainly nice to get uh, any one of those folks to agree to come in and speak with us, but uh, we will see how it goes. Hopefully we can trick them into thinking that we're more professional than we are with our, our set photos. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. Paul will giggle like a schoolgirl when Gregor was on. Oh, I man. would <laughs> the entire time. You bring the jersey and get it. If get we, it I was going to say, if we have Gregor on the show, I, I got to wear the jersey then. Right? Yeah. I have to. So I just won't tell him what the jersey's about and he'll be very flattered that i'm wearing it but there you go chichu right. i think you know what we could get chichu i'm pretty sure we can get chichu maybe set a gucci that'd be cool jody shelley is i don't think he's around the san jose area as far as i know so i don't think we'd be able to get jody shelley on scott hannon we had on during we had him on twice, right? Yeah, we had him on twice. No, three times, three times. We had him on uh, the, oh, right. the first time we interviewed on it was like like this, right? Yeah, interviewed him there. Then we had him at the the draft as well, and with uh, Kathy's uh, Power Hour. Which again, if you've not seen uh, the Power Hour episode, please, as soon as we uh, we hang up here, uh, go ahead and, and take a look at that one because it's phenomenal. It was so much fun. Uh, Mark Smith, Scott Hannon. Uh, being out there at the facility with them and having them show us up what uh, what real NHLers where real NHLers can do. Oh, you know, I got that. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, doing that with them so much fun. I was actually pretty surprised and impressed with myself with the uh, the shot the shot power. I did not think I was going to get as high as I did. I was. I think happy. it was broken. Was that? I think it was broken. No, it's no, it's not. It was totally working as intended, Aaron. There's no way I was shooting it that hard. <laughs> Oh, here we no go. Way. There's no <laughs> Watch way. Watch the technique here, boys. Watch the technique. Yes, sir. <laughs> There's no way I hit that at 52. All bottom hand, buddy. Yep. Oh, you got that top hand out a little bit there, huh? Yeah. It's not bad. I don't usually, bad, I usually do more wrist shots than slappers. I don't yeah. Know. I, I think, you know, the slap shots kind of going the way of the dodo for the most part. I think you, you, know, you watch Bernsey. He just fires wristers from the, uh, from the point. Yeah. Too. All right. Let's take a look at the technique here. Ooh, a little better. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Dirty, 70 miles an hour. My goodness. Hey, for you guys on the podcast, uh, you definitely, you got you to gotta see this because uh, this is how you don't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch the big boys. I don't know if they were before or after, but don't watch us uh, if you're looking for uh, some technique anyway. And in- Curtis Brown actually would be pretty cool. I don't know about uh, if we can even contact Curtis Brown anymore. He's with the alumni, but I think we'd be okay there. 
Hannon, uh, Hannon was getting quite upset during those slap shots because it was not going as hard as he wanted it to. And he's like, it's he the skates. But he was getting very competitive about it and wouldn't stop. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> Paul looking like a Gretzky hour all-star. I'll, you know what, dude? I'll take that as a compliment. I know it's not meant to be, but I will. T- oh, boy. Yeah, he was upset because the skates. Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, it's the skates." Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was complaining because we weren't wearing skates, but he was, and so he was getting mad. <laughs> he still first then one. He, he cranked at eighty three. Then he switched sticks. I think with me. Oh uh, yeah, he tried the Timo stick. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was using Timo Meyer's stick yeah. that was at the facility. That's that's a, which a whole I couldn't lot even. Of, I couldn't flex it because I wasn't strong. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a whole <laughs> lot of flex in that stick. Uh, yeah. It, the 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 rating is pretty high. It was like over a hundred, yeah. I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. 110? I forget. 120? Anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, man, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate all the comments here, guys. Uh, love going through this stuff. Yeah, I would do a live with Brody Brazil. That actually would be cool, too. I wouldn't mind getting Brody on here, but we'll see. We had Brody on, but it was remote. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Ryan Miller. That's another good one. My goodness. In any case, hey guys, again, thank you so much uh, for making this a whole lot of fun. Uh, uh, again, we, we really enjoy doing this. It's going to be a little weird, Aaron, I think, going back to a recorded show. I'm hoping we can still figure out some way of doing the lives, uh, either like we did before, we did like a live show for like 15 minutes or whatever it was before we went and did the recorded show, or we just do them live. Uh, we'll do it live. So, um, you know, hopefully we do something like that because, again, this this for me has been uh, just a lot of fun um, over the last couple seasons that we've done this. And I've kind of grown accustomed to doing it this way now. So uh, we'll, we'll see. And I think uh, Super Producer Jason would almost prefer it because I remember us uh, spending about four hours on a 30 minute episode trying to get the take right <laughs> the first season. If you remember that one, oh, that was so bad. We just stunk. So yes, bad. we did. We stunk so bad. Oh. Uh, <laughs> much worse than we do now. In any case, um, yeah, again, guys, thank you so much. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that in several different ways. Uh, one of them, of course, super chat function. You can do that. Uh, and you can also go to Venmo at the Fin Factor. Either way, if you leave a comment, uh, we'll go ahead and read that out live uh, during the show. Or if you do it kind of after the fact, we can get it into the next show. Uh, not a problem there. Also, if you'd like to support the show, uh, but get something in return. You can go to the finfactor.com, check out all the merch that we have there. Uh, you can get uh, hats, water bottles, uh, sweatshirts, t shirts, uh, fanny packs, all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, if you'd like to support us that way, you can do that as well. Um, what else do we have? What else do we have? Stickers and things like that. Toasters? Are we selling toasters? Or are we just putting the stickers on toasters? Yes. Yes. We will figure out how to get you a toaster if need be. If you don't have a toaster already, what are you doing? I don't know what who doesn't have a toaster. Regardless, yeah, little guy. See. There you go. Oh yeah, hey, uh, we're gonna figure something out for you too, uh, all you guys uh, regarding some giveaways. I think we've got a lot of random stuff, uh, bobbleheads included, and yeah. we want to figure out a way to get that to you guys. Now Ryan here has done exactly that and supported this show with a five dollars super chat. Ryan, thank you so much. Do appreciate your support of the show. Uh, let's see what you said here. We heard Paul and Aaron talking about going to a game, but is super producer Jason going, ooh, don't leave poor SPJ behind. It's not poor SPJ. Let me tell you something. When Jason goes to the games, he's usually got the seats that are like row three. Yeah. He's baller. Yeah. So I have not been scratched. <laughs> available. There you go. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, It's it still have three seats, right? Maybe the three of us go. 
Thursday night, maybe. Wouldn't wouldn't mind. And uh, if you happen to see us there, please say hi. We're very friendly, and we don't bite. Except we'll for take Andy. pictures. <laughs> we just stunk. Selfies only. <laughs> only if it's a selfie. All right, cool. Okay, Aaron. Unless you've got anything else. No. No. We good. Okay. Well, hey, last time, I just want to say once again, thanks to everybody in the chat, and especially Ryan Sontag. Thank you so much for that support. Do appreciate it. So for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week. Next week. Or we'll probably be 0-11. Or Or at the game. 10-1. Get on with it! Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.